This is the Read, Write, and Create podcast, the podcast where you get a bite-sized session of creative writing coaching from me, Lori L. Tharps. I'm an award-winning author of both fiction and nonfiction, a journalist, and a former college professor. I've spent more than 20 years writing, teaching, and coaching creative writers, and I created this podcast because I want to help as many BIPOC writers as possible get their stories out of their heads and into the world. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, writers, wordsmiths, and scribes. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new here, welcome. And I'm really glad you decided to listen in and join the Read, Write, and Create community because that's what I'm trying to build here, a community for BIPOC writers and the readers who love them. So technically, this is episode number 15, and for this short welcome back episode, I want to talk about, actually, the importance of community for writers. I think we all know that writing is a solitary exercise, and most writers are used to writing alone. It was Virginia Woolf who said, a woman needs a room of her own to write fiction. That's paraphrasing. I'm not direct quoting, I know. But it is true. When we write, particularly if we are working on creative work, we need peace and quiet so we can sink into our imagination. Chaotic workspaces, being surrounded by other people, even our own children playing in the background is disruptive or can be disruptive to the writing life. We need silence and solitude for long stretches of time. We need to be alone to converse with the stories in our head. We need time to try to turn the image in our minds into something approximate on the page. But we're human too, and that means we are social beings. We crave connections. We need our tribe. But not just any tribe as writers. We writers need fellow writers, to help us stay committed to the stories we want to tell. We need our own writing tribe, our own writing community. You know, and what I'm talking about basically is a writer's group. I mean, that's what people call them. I need a writer's group. I have a writer's group. And a writer's group can really be, you know, a handful of your best writer friends, or it could be a larger group that's something like encompassing an entire town or city's writers that consider themselves one big writer's group, or something even global, like the National Novel Writing Month that's, you know, referred to as NaNoWriMo. There's a writing community that gets together around that concept of NaNoWriMo and every November online writers from around the world come together in community over this shared goal. So the definition of writer's group or writer's community, it's vast. There's no one way to define it. But I know that writer's groups are fundamental for a writer's success. You may have heard of a particularly famous writer's group that always tickles my imagination just when I think about what it must have been like. That group I'm talking about was known simply as the Sisterhood. And the Sisterhood got started like this. One Sunday afternoon in February 1977, Toni Morrison Alice Walker, and Tazaka Shange, and several other Black women writers met at June Jordan's Brooklyn apartment to eat gumbo, drink champagne, and talk about their work. Calling themselves 
the sisterhood, the group, which also came to include Audre Lorde, Polly Marshall, Margot Jefferson, and others, would get together once a month over the next two years, creating a vital space for Black women to discuss literature and liberation. That's actually the jacket copy of a new book that is coming out soon called The Sisterhood, and it's all about that particular writer's group. Now, these patron saints of our literary traditions were just writers. They were just Black women who wanted to write and got together to help each other out, and they formed the sisterhood. So Caitlin Greenidge, who was actually the last guest on the show, wrote an article in Harper's Bazaar about the sisterhood. And this is how she described what these women did for one another in their group. She said, quote, what these women were to one another was a listening ear, a second reader who understood the totality of spirit and personhood and history and empire these women were writing against and about and who had the respect to give those brilliant ideas an honest edit, unquote. So again, They would get together once a month. They'd eat, they'd drink, they'd talk about literature and liberation. They would bounce ideas off of each other and they would edit each other's work. That's what they did. And I can't think of a better example to showcase how powerful a group, a group of other writers who are coming from your same background, how powerful that can be for your career. Because Look at those names and where they all ended up in their careers. Every single one of those women in the group went on to achieve some modicum of literary fame. So in my honest opinion, having a literary community is just as important as having a room to write. Even Virginia Woolf. The woman who will go down in history of, you know, having that quote, a woman needs a room of her own, was part of a very famous writer's group, the Bloomsbury Group. So I want you guys to start thinking about your own writing community. Do you have a writing tribe? Do you have your own writer's group? And as we start a new season, I always think of September and the fall as starting a new season. But as we start a new season, maybe as we approach our writing in a new way, maybe we're starting new writing projects, I want to ask you, do you have your writing tribe? Writer's groups are not gratuitous. It's not just for fun. Writer's groups do three very critical things for a writer. One, they provide accountability Two, they provide editorial feedback. And three, they provide that social aspect that often goes missing in the solitary work that rewriters do. They provide human contact and human content. And what do I mean by human content? Simply spreading ideas, passing ideas back and forth, even just hearing about your fellow writers' work, what they're working on, how they're doing it. All of that quote-unquote content goes to help you be a better writer. When I moved from New York City to Philadelphia, I was a young mother with two young children, and I had just started my freelance writing career. And I knew very soon that I needed a writing community. I had gone from living in this vibrant, bustling, artistic urban environment in Brooklyn to being in a semi-suburban neighborhood in Philadelphia. And I was like, I've got to start a writer's group. Here's how I did it. 
It's a funny story. Basically, I only knew one person besides my little brother in the city of Philadelphia. So I would go to the local coffee shop in my neighborhood and literally walk up to people who looked like writers. Don't even ask me what that even means. But I would walk up to people who looked like writers and ask them, hey, do you want to be in my new writers group that I'm starting? There were a lot of people who looked at me funny, but there was one woman Hello, Eileen, who actually took me up on my offer. She knew some other people who were writers, and she asked them. I knew one other person in Philadelphia who also was a writer. And by word of mouth, we created WordSpace Writers Group. It was a group of maybe eight to 10 women. We were not a critique group. We were a support group because, again, that's what writers need. We helped each other with our figuring out agent issues. We walked and talked each other through writing manuscripts. The last two books I wrote in Philadelphia would not have gotten done without my WordSpace writers group. We met regularly. We supported each other through all of the things that we as writers need to do to keep building our professional lives and even our personal lives. So that's how I started my group. You don't have to do the same thing. You don't have to go up to perfect strangers and ask them if they want to be in your group. You can be a little bit more methodical about it. You can use an app like Meetup. You can use Facebook to find people in your area who want to start a writer's group. You can ask people who you know are writers. They can be your friends, but they don't have to be. You can go to your local college or university and see if they already have some sort of writer's community or writer's group that you can join. Also look at writing schools, writing courses online. Sometimes there is a group that is affiliated with them. Or you can create a virtual group online using something like Facebook. And if the people are local or close enough, you can take it from online to offline if that's your jam. The point is you don't have to know a bunch of writers to start a writer's group. There's so many ways that you can network and find people either in your community or online virtually to find members for your group. Doesn't have to be tons of people. In fact, I think a writer's group, if you're especially trying to do a feedback group, should be no more than six to eight people. Now, speaking of feedback groups, the second thing you want to do when you're thinking about creating your own writer's group is decide what the purpose and the rules are going to be for your group. Is this going to be a critique group, a support group, a professional development group, maybe a combination of all three? It doesn't matter. What matters is that you set rules and boundaries so everybody is getting what they need from the group. For example, if it's a critique group, make sure everybody has equal amounts of time to share their work. If it's an accountability group, make sure there are things, procedures built in so that people actually stay accountable. Finally, I suggest you also come up with a name for your group. A name just makes you feel more official. The Sisterhood, you know, it wasn't a really fancy name, but it still somehow brought them together and made them feel like they had created something tangible. So come up with your name. And also, if you have a name, it's an excuse to put that name on T-shirts or tote bags or mugs. And again, it just makes your group feel a little bit more official and you take it a little bit more seriously. Whatever you do, I really think it's important that you do find that writing community online or in person. This is something that I would love for you guys to start trying to prioritize just as much as you are prioritizing finding that time to write. 
I personally have been thinking about this a lot. I live in Spain, far away from, you know, my former writing community and starting Read, Write, and Create. I feel like I am building up a community for BIPOC writers, but I'm really, really wanting to do more. Beyond the podcast, beyond the blog, beyond the retreat that's happening next month, I am trying to figure out how to make the Read, Write, and Create community a true literary tribe for BIPOC writers. If you have any ideas for me or you have any thoughts about what would make a really awesome community for BIPOC writers, drop me a message on Instagram in my DMs. I'm at Lori L. Tharps. So stay tuned to the podcast, stay tuned to the blog and all the social handles and my newsletter as I begin to focus on growing the Read, Write, Create community and making it a true literary tribe. I hope you got something out of this pep talk about writing communities. I hope it inspires you to find your own literary tribe. Before I let you go, I just wanted to give you a couple of updates. So the book that I was working on most of last season, basically from the fall of 2022 through the spring of 2023, it's about to come out. In fact, I'm recording this episode on September 5th, but this episode will come out September 11th, and by then, the book will be out in the world. It's called I Wasn't Supposed to Be Here, Finding My Voice, Finding My People, Finding My Way. The book is a memoir by Jonathan Conyers, whose story was first told in A Humans of New York story that focused on his relationship with his debate coach, who happens to be transgender and white. That story was picked up by a lot of media outlets. It led to over a million dollars in donations for the Brooklyn Debate League, and it helped sell the book, which Jonathan and I had been working on a long time before that Humans of New York piece hit. But hey, all publicity is good publicity. Anyway, my name is not on the front cover of the book, but it is on the title page, something I insist on as a collaborator. I really hate the term ghostwriter. You can read about why. I actually wrote a blog post about it. I'll link it in the show notes. But the point is, I am super excited that I got to be a part of writing. I wasn't supposed to be here and that it's out in the world. Jonathan's story is really inspiring. And I just recommend that if you have a chance, pick it up. It's sold everywhere that books are sold. But I you know, would really appreciate it if you bought a copy from an independent bookseller, of course. All right. That's all I have to say about I Wasn't Supposed to Be Here. I hope you get a chance to read it and share it with whoever might need it. So this new season of the podcast is going to be so great. I'm super excited about all the inspiring pep talks based on the lives and times of our literary foremothers and forefathers that I have queued up. This season, you'll hear about Maya Angelou, Langston Hughes, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, among others. And I'm really excited about the lineup of authors who are killing it in the literary world who will be joining me as guests on the show this season. So if you haven't already, subscribe, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Also, then you can listen back to some of the past episodes if you need a literary pep talk in the meantime. And don't forget to check out the Read, Write, and Create blog because it is chock full of resources to help you optimize your writing life. We also now have a dedicated Instagram account at Read, Write, and 
C-R-E-A-T. That's create. <laughs> it's at read, write, and create. I'd love it if you follow me there because on that account, all things read, write, and create will be announced, including some new book giveaways that we're going to be starting this fall. All right, that's it for now. The Read, Write, and Create podcast is produced by me, Lori L. Tharps. Our editor is Brad Linder, and our theme music is by Wataboy. I'll be back in two weeks on Monday, September 25th, with a very special guest who has been in the book business for over 20 years, writing, editing, publishing, mentoring other writers, and basically being a badass in the book world. So be sure to tune in. Until then, keep writing. Keep writing.